Okay, so this is uh, May the 12th, uh, day 712 of lockdown. Uh, these are my unfiltered, uncensored and unedited thoughts out of my brain. Uh, it's an audio log. It is. That's all it is. That's all it is, guys. Because um, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, a way of just, you know, helping me filter out my, my brain thoughts so I don't have... My brain thoughts, that's right. That's supposed to, uh, my foot thoughts, which are thoughts I have with my feet. Uh, my brain thoughts, thoughts I have with my brain. Uh, just so that I don't have really mess up dreams. Uh, and can uh, focus my life on my, on doing other stuff. That other stuff is mainly, as you know, uh, watching TV. Uh, <laughs> and playing video games. And, you know, I've been, I've been still been trying to write stuff, but... It's just a lot of noise still at the moment. Hopefully this will help get rid of some of that noise. Uh, talking of watching TV, uh, a friend of mine messaged me out of nowhere yesterday with something that I had genuinely been thinking. Uh, she messaged me and she was uh, saying, uh, I'm sure that the, 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 the show Normal People is very good. People keep telling me it's very good. This is, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing. Is very good, but I've been taught by years of uh, like queer community and queer criticism and all this uh, that I can't watch it because uh, basically because it's just straight, right? Uh, <laughs> to which my response was just like same, like that's what I've been thinking. If you're not familiar, uh, Normal People is currently on uh, BBC iPlayer. It's getting amazing, correct? Uh, it's about uh, two people, a man and a woman who go to high school together in Ireland, uh, then I think they go to college together, and it's about their relationship sort of intertwining in and out. Uh, it's meant to be very sort of... a very, great, very good look at how a relationship can grow and develop. I think they grow apart at points and then grow back together, etc, etc. Uh, it's meant to be fantastic. Everyone's been talking about it. It's been a big deal. I've heard of people on other podcasts talk about it. But again... I'm just not interested. Uh, I've mentioned this before about my uh, like what my tendency to if somebody recommends something to me, it's usually uh, then I will Google it with the word queer next to it. Uh, that is a thing that I do uh, just to go just so I know what I'm getting into. That's not to say I don't watch anything that doesn't have uh, queer relationships in it. I do. But if they're about relationships, I'm just, I'm unlikely to be interested. Uh, and uh, compulsory, compulsory heterosexuality is just beyond me now. It's 2020. Like, Amazon released um, a series called Modern Love, based on the, uh, it's a New York Times column, I think, that it's based on. And that has uh, it's eight episodes of modern love stories. Uh, one of them features a gay couple. Uh, I, like, and I'm just like, that's not my version of modern love, and that's fine. That's most people's, and if that's what you want to watch, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. But it's just not what I'm looking for. Um, and the word I've meant I've quoted Kayleth on this uh, before. Uh, say where she says make it gay you cowards uh, 
and I still believe that. Like, just how? And people complain that, oh, they're going to shoehorn gay characters into this. I'm like, yes, yes, please do. And don't shoehorn them in. Like, create space for them and have it be a general, a genuine like storyline and genuine character. And I'll, I'll probably watch it. That's how starved for representation the queer community is. Like, we will watch anything if we think there's going to be a queer relationship in it. That's just a fact. I mean, obviously that's not 100% true. I'm not speaking for all queer people. I will watch, is that what I should say? I will watch anything. I'm not alone, but I will watch anything if I find this queer content in it. What I love is when I watch something uh, that I think is going to be straight and it ends up not being. Case in point, Netflix has a series called Dead to Me, uh, which stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, uh, which is a, enough reason for me to watch it. I love both those people. Uh, I've loved Linda Cardellini. Uh, like Christina Applegate, I, I, you know, I watched uh, Married with Children. Uh, she turned up. She did a couple of runs on a. Uh, on Friends, she's had a couple of other sitcoms which I I don't really like, but she's always been you know a a, a fun presence, a good presence. She's uh, a good actor, really like her. But Linda Cardellini, I I literally love uh, Linda Cardellini. If you don't know, um, was uh, she most famously she was uh, Sam Taggart on ER. She was a nurse. Uh, I think she became the head nurse. Uh, she had a whole storyline with um, Goran Vishnu's character, who is whose name I cannot remember. How weird is that? The Croatian guy, the, the, the doctor. Like he's he's got a name. Uh, Kovac. Look, look at Kovac. God, I can't believe it took me so long to remember that. I used to be obsessed with ER. Um, <laughs> used to watch it. Uh, I remember watching ER when I was probably too young, but my parents were cool with it. Like I'd sit on the same couch as them when I'm like ten, watching people have like their heart removed. It didn't do me any, you know, bad. <laughs> didn't do me any bad. It's affected my ability to to use grammar properly, but it's not affected any, anything else. So like Linda Cardellini, she's in that. She's also very. Uh, if you get a chance to watch this, you should. She is Lindsay Weir in the show Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks is incredible. Um, it's set in a high school uh, in the, I think, ooh, I was going to say 80s, I'm pretty sure it's the 80s, but it might even be the 70s. Actually, I forget it's the 70s. I need to rewatch it, oh my gosh. Uh, which f- focuses on two groups of people uh, Sam Weir and his friends, the geeks, uh, and Lindsay Weir and her new friends, because she's, uh, since her grand died, she's sort of gone a bit goth essentially <laughs> um, and start hanging out with some other people and they're the freaks. Uh, this show features basically the entire, basically uh, <laughs> like a murderer's role of future stars like Jason Segel's in it, James Franco's in it, Seth Rogen's in it, Busy Phillips is in it, uh, like just uh, lots of people who go on to be Famous actors in com- like in, in especially in comedies. It was produced by Judd Apatow and uh, uh, directed and and created by Judd Apatow and Paul Feig. Paul Feig went on to do *Bridesmaids*. Uh, 
uh, the Ghostbusters reboot and A Simple Favor, which you should watch if you haven't. It's fantastic. Actually, yeah, brief tangent. Uh, a Simple Favor is on Netflix. It stars Anna Kendrick and uh, Blake Lively. And it is wild. It is... Uh, I, w- I literally won't say anything more about it because I went in not really knowing much. Uh, just go knowing that it is very, very good. But yeah, so um, John Apatow and Paul Feig uh, created it. John Apatow, of course, went on to do um, 40 Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, etc. You know, which are films that, again, I think I used to love more because I, like, I, I genuinely. Uh, I watched Knocked Up a lot, but now I, I went to rewatch it a couple of years ago and I couldn't get through it. It's just there's so there's something very straight about them, even though like that's not a necessarily a negative. I've, it's just very blokey, as I think of the term. It's very like laddie, which is you know I'm not the first person to level that criticism at Judd Apatow. Uh, that he creates sort of like bro humour. But he did also uh, exec- executive produce the TV show, the Netflix show Love, which is fantastic, with uh, Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs of Community. Uh, which, again, if you've not watched, it's hard going sometimes. And that's another show that is uh, about. It's about. A heterosexual relationship, but I can still watch it, you know, because it's not—it's not really about that. It's about both of them. I don't know. It's a character study more than that's that's focused through the relationship rather than a love story. Does that make sense? Also, I'm just not consistent with this rule. Um, <laughs> if somebody likes it, I think this is why I watched Dead to Me, right? Because Linda Cardellini's in it, and I love her. So, uh, that show is. So wild again. Uh, I use the word wild to describe too many things. My brother hates it. Uh, but it's a show about um, Christine Applegate's father is father. Oh my gosh, husband, <laughs> husband, the father of her children uh, is killed in a hit and run, and she meets Linda Cardellini at a grief counselling session. It becomes very clear very quickly that Linda Cardellini was involved in the death of her husband. That is the setup for the first season. Uh, they become really good friends. It's a really nice look at, at female friendship. It's really funny. It's really, like, genuinely quite tense. Uh, it's not a perfect show by any stretch of the imagination, but it's got it's driven. It's mainly driven by these two solid, central performances. So season two come came out this weekend, and I binged the whole thing. That's what I do, and was shocked shocked when who would turn up but Natalie Morales right Natalie Morales is an actor who you will have seen uh, she was uh, Tom Haverford's love interest in uh, Parks and Recreation I think that's the first thing I saw her in since then she has appeared in loads of stuff uh, like she was in she was in The Grinder, which I didn't watch uh, she's in Middle Man, which I didn't watch, but, uh, but these are two things that I know of because she's in them and have earmarked to watch. More importantly, she turned up in Santa Clarita Diet as a queer character. 
She had a sitcom written for her called Abby's, which is not very good, in which she plays a queer character. Uh, she herself, uh, uh, as uh, she came out as queer herself uh, in an interview a couple like a couple of years ago. Uh, she's a strong advocate for the queer community, so, uh, which is really cool. So when she turns up, I'm like, oh hey, it's Natalie Morales. I love Natalie Morales, and she starts interacting with Linda Gardley and his character. And my brain starts doing the thing that my brain always does uh, when it watches these things and goes, wow, they've got nice chemistry. It's a shame that they won't do anything about it, right? First off, it's like, maybe she's an undercover cop because there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the show. Instead, uh, I was delighted, uh, especially because they hadn't mentioned Linda Cardinelli's character being anything but straight. That doesn't mean she can't be anything but straight, and uh, it turns out she is not straight, uh, because delightfully they get together, uh, uh, and it's so sweet and so cute. Uh, by the nature of the show, it becomes incredibly complicated, because it's that kind of show. Uh, but it's just, it took me by surprise and made me sort of like so happy that's how like that's what this sort of representation does right um it's just like oh okay cool and i my flatmate will vouch for this whenever i watch any shows if there's ever any two not ever not ever often when those two women with chemistry hanging out i'll start immediately uh going oh no, no those they should be together and I'm not alone in this in the queer community. It's shipping, as they call it, like relationshipping. Way, uh, it's a big thing, uh, and it's often, it's very often played with by the um, the showrunners. Like they'll go, they'll, they'll tip a hat to it, but never do anything. So why shows where something does happen are just like gold dust. Um, there's a show called Winona Arp, which is a, a very sort of post-Buffy-esque uh, show about the descendant of Wyatt Arp, Winona, uh, who get who who inherits her great-grandfather, I think it's his great-grandfather, maybe more, gun in order to destroy demons, because it turns out that's what Wyatt Arp did. Um, she also has a little sister who ends up in a queer relationship. It's great. Uh, and it's unexpected, and I love it. Uh, you know, like, and more and more shows are just dealing with the reality that uh, gay people exist, lesbians exist, bisexuals exist, pansexual people exist, qu- queer identities exist. Uh, there are some shows that rival in it. Um, to more different ex- extremes, like Pose, uh, I've never got through properly. I feel like a bad, uh, a bad queer uh, for not having finished it. I've enjoyed what I have seen. I've just not. I've never really clicked with the ballroom culture thing, and I need to get more educated on it. I guess I've watched Paris is Burning, but the show's just not clicked for me. But I love that it exists. I love that there's dozens of trans women and. Uh, trans men and non-binary people and all other sorts of people involved in its creation. That's great. More of that, please. Uh, Tales of the City was not perfect, but 
it's just uh, on Netflix, uh, the the continuation of the show from the 90s. And continuation and modernisation. It's not perfect, it's got some weird stuff in it. Uh, but again, nearly every character is is queer in some way. And it's great. it's just great to see that. The award Generation Q has some of uh, it's tried to address some of the issues that the Outward had. Another reason, like it has been years since the Outward went off the air, and amongst like lesbian communities, it is still the touchstone that everyone talks about. There is still a very successful podcast out there uh, that talks about it <laughs> uh, because we've just been starved for proper representation so we go back to the thing like uh, there's, been, there's been so much great stuff uh, on uh, Amazon there's a show called uh, One Mississippi by uh, Tignataro which uh, if you know anything about Tignataro uh, who's an incredible comedian incredible stand up comedian uh, there's two things you, sh- you should do you should download her um, or, or find on Spotify her uh stand-up special called Live. Uh, not Live, it is called Live. Uh, although it looks the same written down, uh, which is, I won't say anything about it other than it's incredible. What she talks about in that stand-up special is the basis of her the first series of the show One Mississippi on Amazon. And then the basis of the second episode series uh, is her relationship with uh, Stephanie Allen, who is a, an improviser and actor who uh, was, in her own words, completely straight until she met Dignitaro. <laughs> and then she was confused, because she's like, do I just love this person, or what's happening? And that's what the show is about, and it's a, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, Stephanie Allen then, uh, 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 sort of, because of how these things work, then turns up in the Outward Generation Q, uh, <laughs> because... Uh, like that's just because because God loves me, I guess. I think that's why, because uh, she's an amazing communicator, uh, a member of Wild Horses, who I've mentioned on this uh, show before, who have a new episode up yet, which I've not watched yet of their uh, in lockdown show, uh, the at home show. But yeah, I recommend that if you've got Amazon Prime uh, and you can spare the money to to. Uh, extend your subscription to Stars. There's a show called Vida, which is incredible. Uh, it's about uh, a Mexican American family in Los Angeles. Uh, the the mother dies, and her two daughters have to come back to Los Angeles. Uh, to Boyle Heights specifically, they talk about that a lot. I think, which is a, a real place with uh, a, a strong sort of. Uh, uh, Latinx uh, population, uh, and the show is, deals with that, uh, d- deals with their heritage, deals with um, ge- the gentrification of LA. Uh, they have to, they end up having to sort of take over this bar that they grew up in that their mum owned alongside their mum's uh, wife, which they didn't know she had. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of queer content and it. it's also just fantastically acted and just 
just beautifully shot and just really well done. I recommend that. Like, there is stuff that I could recommend, and I, and that's a, I, it's such a beautiful place to be where I'm like, oh, here's stuff, and I'm not just recommending this to you if you are, um, like a queer person starved for content that reflects your life. Just anyone. These are all good, good TV shows uh, that I recommend. Oh, another thing I recommend, uh, or not recommend, uh, that piqued my interest over the weekend. Um, there was a um, okay. There's a he's a singer songwriter that I love, uh, who I will recommend to you because she's amazing. Called Julian Baker, and that's Julian with an E. So like Julianne, but, uh, but Julian uh, Baker, and she is incredible. Uh, she writes these simple songs, but has this big voice. Uh, I I I struggle to. I struggle to explain why I like music. I'm really bad at it. Uh, my dad once said, "Oh, you should write like like album reviews for the local paper." He's always suggesting stuff like this. He's very helpful. Uh, very sort of like it has lots of great ideas and lots of driven stuff. But stuff that I'm like, I don't know where I would start with writing a review for music. I don't know how to discuss music. I think writing about music is difficult. Uh, I think somebody famously said that writing about music is like dancing about architecture, uh, which is a quote I love. And I see that. There's some people who write amazingly about it, uh, but I just really struggle. All I, well, I, I, recommend it. I recommend it. She has two albums, uh, Sprained Ankle and Turn, out, Turn Off The Lights. Uh, I saw her in concert uh, last year, or even 2018 now, maybe. No, it was last year. And it's honestly one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Live, her voice is just incredible. Uh, like just stunning. She was also part of a a, a supergroup called Boy Genius alongside Phoebe Bridges and Lucy Dacus, who released an EP uh, called Boy Genius, all one word, all lowercase, which is also incredible. She is also, and this won't shock anyone who's listened to any of this podcast. Oh, it's not a podcast, damn it! I just did it. It's because I'm about to talk about a podcast that she was on. That's why. I'm not lying to you. Although, it's because this is still not a podcast. Uh, although, it is now on iTunes. Uh, I, have, I have put this up on iTunes. If you, genuinely, if you look for uh, Marjoy Loves audio logs on iTunes, you'll find it. Uh, hey, maybe maybe give it, give it a review. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how this works. I, I don't want... Anyway, that's not what this is about. <laughs> Sorry, I just went into the the mode that podcasters go into towards the end of their thing. This isn't even the end of the thing. I'm in the middle of a thought. So Julian Baker, uh, a Saren concert, she is one of the most incredible concerts I've ever been to, alongside like Joanna Newsom, um, and Bjork, who I also saw last year. Uh, just this fantastic performance, uh, and also yes. To the surprise of no one, uh, considering what I've been discussing, she is gay, uh, and uh, she's also she's also Christian, which is something I don't identify with. But I uh, I was raised Catholic, but um, 
was allowed to make my own decision about that when I was 16 and decided that I didn't I mean, I think I've briefly touched on religion here before. Uh, it's not for me. Uh, but she's quite strongly Christian. Um, she also had issue, like issues of addiction, which I do identify with. Uh, she was addicted to drugs, though, uh, rather than alcohol. Uh, although I believe she doesn't drink anymore either. I think, actually, she's an alcoholic as well. Yeah, sorry. She is an alcoholic, uh, but also had drug problems. Sorry, that's is what I should say. And so she sings about stuff like this a lot. Like, she sings about addiction a lot. Uh, and it's so touching and so beautiful. Anyway, she was on a podcast over the weekend. Uh, oh, what is it called? Is it Sound Live? I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, <laughs> which is really bad. But she was being interviewed by... It's something the... Oh. Wow, I really can't remember what it's called. I think it is Sound Live. I think it sounds, uh, I'll keep saying that, it's probably wrong, where they get musicians or other actors or performers, I think it's usually musicians though, to interview other musicians. Uh, so in this case, uh, Julia Baker was being interviewed by Katie Harkin. Katie Harkin uh, was the uh, lead singer and guitarist of a Leeds-based band, uh, Sky Larkin, who I a fan of for basically the entirety of their career. Uh, I saw them supporting Los Campesinos in like 2008 I think or maybe earlier than that uh, and they yeah it's like 2007-2008 I think and they were fantastic and I followed their career for free albums. Uh, they sort of split up. I don't know if they officially broke up but Katie uh, started doing touring work for like Courtney Burnett and Wild Beasts and then became the touring guitarist, keyboardist, etc, etc for Slater Kinney, <laughs> which was mind-blowing to me. I was like, oh, that, that musician I like is now in that incredibly huge band that I also like. Wow. Uh, and Katie Harkin just released an album under the name Harkin. Uh, and also, during the course of this conversation that she had with uh, Julian Baker, I didn't realise that uh, Katie was uh, was gay. I usually know these things, uh, <laughs> because I usually check. Um, but uh, they have a conversation about that, uh, about growing up, the music they listen to, especially identifying, and how, how you, you use the music you listen to growing up as a teenager as like a cultural identifier although how we don't really have that nowadays because we don't really because they were growing up during a time where there's a sort of monoculture where you know the tv told you what to like the newspapers tell you what to read like what to like the radios tell you what music to listen to you know that kind of thing but now we live in a world with the internet where that doesn't really happen you know, like, there's so many, like, channels, there's so many ways of getting music, there's so many, like, communities that you can find where, instead of having to, like, join, like, a subculture in your, like, that vaguely fits you, I think I was talking about this a couple, a couple uh, on Friday, briefly, like, sort of touching on this, this idea that, um, on my, my friends, one of my friends will often join the metal kids and I don't really fit in with them, um, 
but you don't need to do that anymore. I don't really. I'm so intrigued as to how it works for teenagers growing up these days, because you could just go online and find your, find your people. You know, <laughs> like find a community that makes sense for you. And I think that's kind of great. And they talk about that. Ah, I'll try and find out what this podcast is actually called at some point, because <laughs> uh, it's just a really they have a really nice conversation about. Uh, how the lockdowns affect onto creativity, uh, and just about general stuff, uh, and then this final bit about like about how music doesn't people aren't really defined by the music listened anymore. When I think, which is wild when I think about it, how much that was a big definer of me when I was uh, when I was a teenager. I was like, oh no, I listened to this, and when I went to university, like I was known as the person who went to all these gigs and listened to obscure indie bands and was a bit of a hipster uh, in that term, you know? And I just think that that's kind of great. And it's a conversation I don't think that would have been had by necessarily, or it would have been, but it wouldn't have had the same nuance to it if it had been had by uh, two straight people. So there you go. Yeah, so this has just been another one of the episodes of this where I rant about um, uh, queer representation. Uh, also, um, I'm aware I, do, I am aware that some people uh, struggle with the word queer, whereas I float around liberally, uh, <laughs> liberally. Um, and for that, I can. I mean, the only apology I can make is that this is from my brain so it uses the terms that I'm comfortable with uh, and I appreciate and apologise if it's terms that you're not comfortable with is this a f- just, you know and I'm unlikely to change that language because it's the language I'm comfortable with so anyway <laughs> uh, stay well uh, stay safe Stay at home. And uh, if you're watching something on TV and it looks like, hey, those women are getting on well, know that I am praying for them to get together somewhere uh, else in the world. (laughs) Thanks very much. My name has been Marjoy. Goodbye.